Welcome to RCS. I'm Dan. I'm Nick. Did you know it's episode 199, Nick? Holy crap. Almost a 200, but uh, I'm really glad it's 199. I'll get to that in a second, though. It's really perfect. I'm, 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 oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Not planned okay. at all. Okay. Um, well, I mean, I guess you can raise your hand if you've been here for every episode. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you put your hand down. You put your hand down, Mr. Potter. That's right. I haven't been here every episode. <laughs> I have sacrificed my life and love life and everything. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I cannot believe it's been that. Oh, wow. That's, I mean, that's, I mean, what, three or four more episodes is going to be, what, 200? <laughs> Math is easy when you take your shoes off. So, yeah, exactly. Okay, we're still on episode twenty. It's fine. Now. That's okay. Oh God, I don't want to talk. Think about episode episode twenty. Had to have been. We had been moved into my house by then. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Small starts. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we're recording live from Drivers Club, and it's a beautiful night to be here. A beautiful time to be here. Uh, most of Drivers Club is on a rally in Jackson, which I've been doing a few updates on. I'll get to that in a second. But Did we're giving the route. Uh, a little bit. I had, okay. to, I had to help modify theirs a little bit. <laughs> okay. But we're brought to you by Avance Carter Subaru, of course, recording at Drivers Club. Griot's Garage, make sure you use RCS10 for 10% off at checkout. Of course, Haggerty, Let's Drive Together, their new logo. Woo, we updated our site. And then Rainier Beer and Salvo Design, which I'm wearing my Salvo Design what, what you, shirt. Yeah, we, uh, we need to have another one of those made. Um, mine's not big enough. Um, I don't want to talk about it right now. So, I enjoyed myself. Okay, COVID um, is great. Yeah, everybody keeps losing weight, and I keep finding it. So, so you know, just, just more of me to love, I guess. Uh, this week's Carter Subaru Tip of the Week is an easy one, brought to you by our friends at Drivers Club as well. Uh, as I was, we were going through some routes with David, uh, and they were looking at some routes around Jackson. And of course, you and I have spent a lot of time there. We've driven through Jackson, God knows how many. Can times. we go back? I know. Please. I love Jackson, Wyoming. It's one of yeah. my favorite places to drive through. But there's a couple roads out there, and David messaged me. He goes, hey, have you been on this road? Do you know if it's gravel or not? I said, I hadn't. Uh, it's called Slug Creek Road, actually. And uh, I looked at the map, and I, he couldn't, you couldn't really tell from the satellite images because, shockingly, rural images of satellites, you know, satellite images of rural roads in the middle of nowhere in the middle of the U.S. don't get that high resolution. So David is in Wyoming with a Raptor, and he's asking you if the road is gravel? <laughs> well, it would be great for the Raptor, well, no, not I'm so just, much for a Ferrari. I'm just saying as a pre-runner, we'll call it a pre-runner. You know, what, what do you say? <laughs> Well, when you're driving through <laughs> Wyoming, like, like, oh, it's not that far away. 200 miles later, that's not that far away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a quick and easy way to check that uh, if you're in National Forest Service areas, and that is to zoom in on the map and look for a campground nearby. And the reason you want to do that is the National Forest Service is really, really good about adding directions on how to get to those campgrounds, and they'll tell you if they're off a paved road or not. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so it said nearest paved road is US 30, which is like 10 miles away from there. So I said, no, it's not. And then... Another trick to do that is you take that little Google Maps uh, Street View guy, you drag him toward the map. Don't drop him. Everything that they've been on lights up blue. So if you get to the right level and it stops blue all of a sudden on the road, that's usually your first clue that, A, the road conditions weren't good enough, or it's most of the time it's because it's gravel. Well, they, they won't do gravel. With the, their their they don't, do heavy don't gravel. do gravel? They don't do heavy that's gravel. Weird. They do do that's a lot so of gravel, weird. actually. Okay. But uh, by doing both those things, I could drag him over to where he stopped, and I could see where it was, ah, single lane gravel. So if you're planning a route and you look at, oh, that little twisty road looks awesome, especially when it was Scottsdale. <laughs> There's a road that I love to go on out there. And you're like, no, you can't drive yeah, on that. You can't. I mean, you can. <laughs> you're like, but you man, that'd be yeah. fun. Yeah. Well, it would probably be a lot of fun if you had a rally car, but uh, not so much fun if you didn't. Can you imagine spending your whole life in one of those? Like, right? take a left, take a right. <laughs> <laughs> That'll make a lot more sense here in about two seconds. <laughs> so. We should probably jump right into our very special guest, someone I have been following for a long time, and I am really excited to have on the show, 
because I'm uh, a fan, and uh, well, she's awesome. You should stop following her, or, you should, or follow her on Instagram. Oh, you actually been following her? Follow? Both. That's weird. All the way to Boise. <laughs> I don't know how you keep up with that. You okay. thought I went to Boise a lot because I liked Idaho a lot. Oh, Not okay. So. Yeah, okay. We got it. Okay. <laughs> uh, Rhiannon, before I butcher your last name, because I've read it a billion times, how do I say it? Gelsamino. Gelsamino. That's and, it? Yeah, you sound Italian. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> First of all, she's Czechoslovakian. <laughs> obviously tell. She's a slight bit Klingon, but other than that. so People really get confused when it's Rhiannon Gelsomino because Rhiannon does not sound Italian at all. No. And then they look at me and they're like, and you don't look Italian. And I'm like, well, I have an Italian husband, so that would be it. So. Oh. Yeah, and okay. let's uh, <laughs> drop the... I, I, for our listeners who are really into motorsports, obviously they already know who you are, but uh, for the rest of our listeners, we have a huge audience that actually isn't that much car people. They just like our guests because they're interesting people. Yay. Uh, you are Travis Pastrana's co-driver. Congratulations, by the way, on your win. And your husband, Alex, is Ken Block's co-driver. Correct. And without you guys, they would run into a lot of trees, which Travis <laughs> used to do a lot. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't he still hold a record for like the most amount of times rolled or something? like? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, some backstory there. Uh, I, I tell this story a lot on the show. Travis is the nicest guy I've ever met in motorsports, period. I have met a lot of people over the years, and uh, I have known him since uh, since I was riding, and I don't know him personally at all. I just keep running into him at motorsports events my whole life. In fact, the first autograph I ever got was Travis's on a hat that I still have on my shelf. Um, and But like I said, you are... This it's is weird about, that you got it in his bathroom. Though. Right, like, it that's, is. That's a little I had to weird. knock a long time. Yeah, exactly. Are you pooping? <laughs> so, yeah. He loves that. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't be surprised. She's laughing. Okay. I know he's in that exactly. porta potty. Yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I know he's in... That's thing again. Yeah. I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he has a very high tolerance because I've been in the pits when I've seen the fans like ever since the motorcycle days. And so I can't imagine what you guys must go through when you're out. Uh, he's actually very good with the fans. He like is. Say, when we when we won the other day, which meant we won the championship. Oh, just know, that. Yeah, yeah, exactly, just that. Um, here he was, and, and come on, Ree, we need to sign signatures, and here we go for an hour, you know, and they're yeah. waiting for the podium, and he's like, I haven't, you know, signed these people's signatures yet. So, no, he's actually really great like that. With all the drivers I've worked with, Travis, he's the best with the fans and stuff for sure. Yeah, I, it's, uh, it's, I don't know anybody who doesn't like him. Like, he's just... He's always been a nice guy. Yeah. Um, and People that lose to life. him don't like him. <laughs> they may not like losing <laughs> no, to him, but they're no, like, oh, he's really I'm nice, kidding. but that sucked. <laughs> 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 but yeah, congratulations on your win. And again, this show is about you, and I am really excited to get to know you and how you got to where you are. Um, talk about a power couple between you and your husband. Uh, <laughs> keep your standards high, guys and girls, because uh, they're out there. Um, yeah, I mean, Alex and I, um, we've both been professional co-drivers for a long time now, but Obviously, um, we met out on the rally scene, so we were both doing the world championship and we met in 2012. But the funny part is that, you know, we realized crazy things like we were both racing in the world championship in New Zealand in 2008. And I'm like, oh, my brother and I was stopped on this corner and he's like, oh, Ken and I were like broken down 200 meters from you. like, <laughs> And so just random things. And then near miss. Yeah, it's just <laughs> crazy. And then I come over for the first time and I go to um, Ken's HQ in Park City and, and I'm looking through the pictures on the walls and stuff. I'm like, wait, that's my brother. And then, so we realized here's Alex on this side in the autograph session. There's Ken, there's my brother and I, but Alex and I didn't even meet. So it was just crazy. And then, yeah, finally in 2012, after years of racing each other and just, you know, high and whatever, 
um, he asked me out on a date. So he was Aww. a clever boy, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Who drove on the date? Uh, like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm definitely a better driver. There it is. <laughs> okay. There <you> go. okay. <laughs> that had to come out. Okay. Didn't well, it? <laughs> no, it's fine. I mean, he's he's not here right now, anyway. so you're good. So. <laughs> No, um, that definitely had to He's come out, out drooling at cars at Drivers Club, which just makes me laugh with the, all the access you guys have to cars, and he's out there just walking around drooling. Still. Oh, we both love cars. Yeah, he's <laughs> out there looking at a Porsche Safari. Does he know his boss doesn't have one of those? If it does, I should say. Exactly. He's going to be racing in well, one of those. Even, exactly. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, exactly. I want to go back a little bit, because we always talk to our, 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 our guests and kind of figure out where they came from, like, you know, and I, I always say the line. Australia. And it's like, thank you. <laughs> Czechoslovakia, get it right. <laughs> God damn. Kangaroos. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to tell that story. So we're sitting there testing our levels, and I'm like, I can hear the voices. And she goes, I can hear kangaroos. And I was like, I can now, too. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'll turn it down. <laughs> so I always ask our guests, like, and I use the line, I hate to say it over there, but, you know, were you the kid that had the Hot Wheels and you loved cars, like, growing up in Australia? Give us a little bit about your, your, your childhood. Yeah, so I was raised in a motorsport crazy family. Um Dad started in Speedway at a young age and was one of the best in Australia. And then mum and dad got married quite young and dad stopped Speedway. And then at about 25 years old, he took up rallying. So he was a rally driver um, and he was one of the best in Australia. And so when I was the oldest of four kids, so when us four kids started growing up, uh, it went girl, boy, girl, boy. So, you know, I was the girl that got raised as a tomboy. There you go. Um, you know, we, we have um, an earth moving company, so trucks and machines and all those sort of things. So dad was able to build us a rally track very early. That's um, cool. So we have a 1.8. I'm sorry you suffered. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. We have a 1.8 kilometer um, gravel rally track um, at our farm. And so from a young age, we were able to, you know, drive on that. So, so cool. Yeah, it was really cool. So dirt bikes and all those fun things. Um, but yeah, I was the oldest. And so I did some karting. And then in Australia, it's called autocross. But what it is, it's like a two kilometer gravel um, rally stage in a way. Mm. And I had a Datsun 1600. I'm not sure what we call it here. A Datsun P10 or so. I don't know, something different. Anyway, um, so I raced in that. And then um, I got a Subaru after that, raced in that. And then my dad all of a sudden decided that I was definitely not as good a driver as my two brothers. And so I should maybe consider co-driving. So, so you, were, you were driving at this whole I time? I was driving. Okay, you were driving. Okay, all right, fair enough. Um, and so I was like, no, I'll get sick. I can't do this. And then all of a sudden, like my brother, who was two years younger than me, um, we thought it'd be a good idea for me to start racing with him. Well, that didn't work because we bickered the whole time and we fought. And <laughs> Take a my left. Fault. Yeah. No. <laughs> it was my fault. It was his fault. We you know whatever um and then our sister she comes along and she's not interested at all she has horses so she does her thing and then my baby brother who's eight years younger than me um he was 17 and i i guess i was you know 25 or whatever and dad's like okay you're going to be brennan's co-driver and i was like okay so brennan learned with um dad's co-driver and i sat with other people to get experience so as soon as brennan turned 18 that's when i got in with him and I've done over 80 rallies with my brother in something like 17 countries or something like Whoa. that. So it was real for me. It was a real family affair. Like my whole family was involved and supported us and, and got me into the sport. So I was very lucky like that, that I was supported that way. I had a great childhood. And now I'm just like depressed. Yeah. <laughs> Mom and dad, why didn't you love me? Yeah, right. <laughs> but then my poor sister's like, can we talk anything but cars? Like, like no. <laughs> we can talk horsepower. Want to yeah. go? <laughs> Exactly. We, you have one, I have 50. We use that very often. Exactly. We're exactly. like, what do you mean? We are talking about horsepower. So. 
you said something in, in your phrase that is a question that has been in my mind since I've ever wanted to meet somebody that is a co-driver. I would be absolutely nauseous sitting in a car trying to drive. How do you do that? We asked a very good friend of ours who's helped us, Carl, many times. He, he, he's done some you know co-driving. Carl. Yeah, she knows Carl. Yeah, Carl Noakes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you, Carl. I mean, you, oh, then in that case, we can make fun of him. Uh, happy birthday, Carl. <laughs> happy birthday, Carl. Yeah. How do you do that? <laughs> How does one overcome that? Because that is something, that's the one question I've always, Carl goes, oh, it's just easy. You just, you just read the map and you're good. I'm like, yeah, but I have to look up to know where the hell I am. So Yeah. No, I think, I guess being raised in a family that, we did ride motorbikes a lot and we did do karting and stuff like that. That And even jumping in the rally car with dad from a little age, like, can I go for a lap? You know what I mean? <laughs> so you got used to, you know, the speed yeah. and things like that. And then I really trusted my brothers, you know what I mean? And and especially my baby brother, Brennan, that I did all my, like most of my racing with, he was like the best in Australia. So, you know, it was like, how cool is this? I can do really well at this sport with my brother. So... I guess the, my first three races, I did get sick. That's for sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not denying that. I still yeah. remember. And that was with my older brother, like my brother, Nathan, who was just like, she keeps being sick. And I'm like, but have I missed a note? And yeah. he's like, no, she hasn't missed a note. And I'm I like, threw well, up between see. turns. <laughs> Screw you. Exactly. Yeah. His dad's like, is she missing things? Is she, you know? And he's like, well, no, she's not. And I'm like, well, I'm still doing my job. And he's like, You've been sick in my rally car. <laughs> like, Take a <laughs> I'm really sorry about yeah, that. Yeah. So, yeah, what well, didn't go down? Maybe that's why we we're arguing. Well, there you go. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, no, but anyway, so yeah, we, him and I only did probably five races together. And, um, but yeah, I think it would be better now because at that point he had more experience than me. And yeah. I was the older sister. And, and so I'm like, I need to tell him what to do. And he's like, wait, I'm more experienced than you. I need to tell you what to do. So I think if we rallied together now, like, I've done a lot more races than him. He would have to listen to me. Well, so I, that would, would work think, better. I'm sure that would make some wonderful radio communication to be on a video. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I would Mom both. hates you. Take a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the favorite. Keep going yep. straight. <laughs> Say I'm the favorite. I'm not going to tell you the directions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, it's not all – it definitely hasn't all been love. Like, I, I had a really serious crash in 2009, and that was my with my youngest brother. Um, and I broke my legs in nine places. Oh. And so it was a really bad crash. That and Christmas must have been fun. Yeah. <laughs> what did so you get me? New knees? Oh, no? Okay. Yeah. And so I was a PE teacher at the time. And here I am with these broken legs. And I can't work for months. And, you know, and I was just like, wow, I can't believe this. And then, but the funny part was I wake up from 11 hours of surgery. And my dad's standing there. And I, I was meant to be racing in Malaysia that weekend. Because I was doing the Asia Pacific Rally Championship with... Subaru Malaysia um, and I say to dad dad how am I meant to get to Malaysia and he's like you can't go, go to, to Malaysia, Malaysia. <laughs> he's like you're laying here with broken legs and at that point he's like oh no she's gonna keep racing so yeah. then the next day he walks in <laughs> he's just go, brace him I got this yeah, yeah I got this. brand new carbon fiber helmet and I'm like oh wow you know like so then I just wait I couldn't race for six months and that there was just that you were wearing what, that helmet during yeah, that six months yeah. Richie, absolutely like, yeah. this is so cool like when I get back I've got a carbon exactly. fiber helmet so you ever pooped in a carbon fiber helmet oh. I can do I was so excited. Yeah. Like it was, it sat in the hospital room for me as a motivation. Motivation. All right. 
Fair enough. So that's there you hilarious. go. Okay. I, I, that's the one question I've always seen, like, because I've followed it I mean, when I was a kid and Colin McRae and all, all those guys. I mean, it's incredible. But I always looked at those, those, those co-drivers and thought, these guys wouldn't know where the hell they're going, and I don't know how those guys aren't just being sick everywhere. So that's yep. incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Let's they take were, our first yeah. break real quick, and I have a million questions as we get back. Okay. So we'll be right back after this break from our friends at Haggerty. Hi, my name's Peter Gleason, and uh, I've got a Haggerty story for you. It's actually a Pebble Beach story. I was um, in 2017 with the, it was the year of Isotta Fraschini's, the, or as the Italians say, Isotta Fraschini, you know? So the, um, and I was about to show what I call my pre-war piece of jewellery that had had a absolutely massive restoration before I acquired it. And it was two owners from New, and I was the third owner from 1928, and I'd spent, you know, best part of a year getting it ready for that special day and took it down to uh, Monterey. And on the Thursday on the Pebble Beach tour, I drove it and within a very short period of time, the car started overheating and steam was coming out and we stopped the car. And basically underneath the car, it looked like a, a good old Starbucks latte. The oil and water had mixed really, really well. I knew I was in trouble. I knew I wouldn't be showing on Sunday, or I thought I wouldn't be showing on Sunday. I called for assistance, and the assistance then, even though I'm a, I've been a, I moved here in 2005, and all my classic cars have always been insured with Haggerty in that period. So Haggerty do a great job down there helping all the people with, you know, any incidents they might have. So I called uh, Ashley and um, uh, waited for a truck to arrive obviously I knew I wouldn't be driving the car anymore Ashley kept calling while I was waiting make sure I was okay the truck eventually got there the guys picked up the car took the car back to my hotel uh, and now we're still on the Thursday who knows what's going to happen on the Sunday but obviously I'm not going to be able to be judged or anything like that on the Thursday I mean I can't tell you how many times both Ashley and other people in Hagsey called, checked I was okay, what could they do, what what couldn't they do. Eventually, I called the powers that be at Pebble and said, look, this car can't be judged. And they said, no, 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 we still want it on the lawn. Can you get someone to bring it there Saturday night, you know, when sort of no one's looking? So I spoke to Ashley and we got the Haggerty people did that for me and placed it in exactly where it was going to go on the um, on the Sunday. So although the car didn't get judged, it was still able to be shown. But Haggerty, for, for me having, you know, what was a first world disaster as, as much as they go, Haggerty literally were calling me every few hours, every day from that Thursday to Sunday, and even then afterwards and asking if they could help. I mean, their, their customer service was exemplary. You know, it really was. And we're back. Um, so growing up in the racing world, I've always I've wanted to ask you. So I'm thinking about all the questions I have. Cause I have a million questions. Um, who were your like racing idols or people that you looked up to outside of your family? I mean, from a co-driver's perspective, Fabrizia Pons, who was Michelle Mouton's co-driver, um, was an incredible woman. We're very good yes. friends now. Um, she actually broke her collarbone last year, and I'd broke my collarbone bone in a mountain biking 
um, accident. We don't know anybody who's done that. <laughs> and so I <laughs> got a car- carbon fiber brace made so I could race. So Fabrizia is like, tell me about this brace. So she's definitely been someone that I looked up to um, from obviously a female perspective as well because she's one of the best the sport has ever seen Um and so she's been always someone that I really looked up to as far as that's concerned. Yeah, I, I've said it many times in this show. My dream guests are to get her and Michelle on the show. Michelle has been my favorite since I was a kid. And it wasn't because she was a winner in a race car. It was because the first race I saw televised was the replays of her winning Pikes Peak when I was a kid. And so that was my first intro to rally because we didn't have a lot of TV. I grew up in the middle of nowhere in the sticks. And uh, so... And seeing any kind of car racing on primetime television, especially rally, was out of this. You just didn't see that. You read about it in magazines. But then it was like that was such a huge deal when I was a little kid that, like, this woman who you don't see women racing, and all of a sudden she blows up Pike's Peak of all races, like, respect. Yeah. And so, like, getting, like, those stories, oh, yeah. Yeah. I still have a crush on Michelle. I would totally. (laughs) You you know, the good thing is you really can't tell when he talks about it. Like, he's so humble. He's like, oh. The uh, cool, both of, both the cool thing is growing I'm up. I'm with you. Just so we're clear, I'm just letting you express your emotions. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> but the cool thing is growing up and them being idols, and that now them being friends. You know what I mean? Like, oh, what a dream! That's yeah. when it's a dream. Like, so I went to Qatar in 2015. I was selected by the FIA as one of um, seven female co-drivers from around the world, and they picked seven female drivers and seven female co-drivers. And they sent us to Qatar for a week and our trainers were Fabrizia, Michelle Mouton, Yuta, who Yuta Kleinsmith has won Dakar. <laughs> yeah. I think she's the only woman to win Dakar, yeah. to be honest. Um, and they were our trainers. And so for a week, they send us out in the desert and we're learning Dakar and there's tears and there's all sorts of drama going on. You know, imagine all these women together. Um, but Don't comment on that. It's crazy. Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah, exactly. I still remember ringing Alex and just saying, oh my gosh, I was lost in the middle. I nearly was in Saudi Arabia. And nowhere. I didn't know where I was. Who anyway. hasn't gotten a call from their girlfriend saying that? Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it was pretty amazing that they were the women teaching us, you know what I mean? And That's that was so cool. a huge highlight for me because you had to apply for it there was hundreds of women all over the world applied for it and to be there was actually two Australians myself and a driver Molly Taylor who were both selected from Australia so for a little country like Australia it was huge Um, and so we got to do that and I still haven't done Dakar but that training definitely um, you know set me up in a way to understand a lot more about Dakar and, and, and try and work out if it's something I want to do in the future or not. So is that the first time you met her? Um, no, I, so I did the junior championship in the world championship in 2011 and 12. And so Fabrizia and Michelle would be around a lot with the juniors and would be doing talks and stuff like that. They were very hands-on and good with like, you know, getting juniors into the sport and stuff. And Molly Taylor, who I mentioned before, Fabrizia was actually working with her and and Michelle in a mentoring role because she was the only female driver in it. So I was the only female co-driver from memory. Um, and then as the year went on, I think in 2012, for quite a while, I was the only female at all in the world championship. So w- like Fabrizia and Michelle were good at coming and seeing you and stuff because they were on it, on it, wanted to encourage that. You sure, know what I mean? So sure. That's incredible being able to meet one's hero. So that's, yeah, that's exactly. A neat, that's a neat experience. Okay. For sure. Well, especially when, bit, they, when they live up to the hype. Because well, so many so. times I've been like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and honestly, I was like, you know, growing up, dad would have you know, them on TV and yeah. things like that. And we all, we had video, you know, that we'd yep. watch of them. And, 
And so for me, watching it from a young girl's perspective to see that they were there and there's no other girls, it's all men, and they were matching it with it. So it sort of taught me that, you know, you don't gender doesn't matter. Like yeah. at the end of the day, if you're good enough, you're good enough. So that was always a good thing for me. My family always raised me that it didn't matter that you were our daughter and these are our sons you know, you're all just going to go race. It didn't really matter sort of thing. So I was lucky like that. That's very cool. Yeah. yeah. My mom was a working woman. So it's like, yeah, I didn't grow up with that either. I was fortunate in that sense. Yeah. Looking back now, cause especially from a small town, that just wasn't the thing. And yeah. so, but yeah. yeah. Um, what do you have? Uh, I, w- I don't want to say next, but like, what are you uh, looking forward to or where do you want to see things go? I mean, you, you're, it seems like to the rest of us, you are basically as high as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> I, you said you haven't done a car, but I mean, like, so your career's over. Uh, <laughs> no, no everybody still has dreams. You've won everything. You've done it all. You know, exactly. Definitely not. Um, <laughs> my dream is definitely BWRC full time. Um, you know, it's I guess anyone that's a professional co-driver. So it's always a hard thing, though, because at the end of the day. A driver works their way up to the top of the WRC and they usually work their way up with their co-driver. So unless I find a driver that's young and I'm working my way up with, Mm. you know, maybe Josie and I could team up. Um, (laughs) um, It's really hard to find, you know, those seats. And look, look, some seats come available, but maybe they don't want an English-speaking co-driver. So, you know, like their notes are in Swedish or their notes are in whatever, French usually. Oh, yeah. (laughs) If I could speak French, that would be really good. You know, <laughs> but um, yeah. So I mean, you can learn left and right in French. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, because that's all there is to it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I didn't say that was all was in. I'm just saying <laughs> I know, it's I'm a sorry. start. Exactly. <laughs> I keep saying to Travis, we should go do. You know, he's like, Ree, I've I've done some WRCs, and you know, I'm happy here in America. But <laughs> don't get me wrong. I'm I love doing the national championship here. It's fantastic. I love working with Travis. So. This is a dream come true at the moment. But if anyone ever asks me where I want, like where I see myself as my ultimate goal, my ultimate goal is full time in the WRC in a factory ride. You know, done a lot of WRC in the juniors and and R5 um, in GB 2017 or 18, I think it was. So I've done a lot in the world championship, but I've never been in that outright overall car. Um, and, and look, there's no girls in that, but that doesn't bother me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't have children and things like that because I've sacrificed things because rally is my life. So if that opportunity ever come up, I'm 40 years old. I don't think I'm too old yet to like no. take that on, but who knows? It'll be a matter Such of a youngin. Being- <laughs> right she's just a baby compared to us exactly <laughs> so yeah it's it's easy to think that you've made it but you've always got something else you want to achieve haven't you yeah so. yes i'd like to know a little bit more about this partnership that's going on with you with you and travis right now like how did that come about yeah so it nearly happened quite a few years ago but obviously as you guys know i'm married to alex and and Alex co-drives for Ken and sometimes there's, you know, some sponsor clashes and things like that. Like we're talking about a monster athlete and a Red Bull athlete. And so that's always been a little bit difficult, but obviously, um, you know, Ken um, not working with Ford anymore um, sort of meant you didn't have so many clashes with Subaru, Ford and all those other sort of things. So what happened last year with COVID was, you know, I was working with a variety of drivers and, and then Travis's co-driver from the UK couldn't come in. Um, and it was one of those situations where Ken and Alex were doing events here and there. There was no set championship. So when Travis contacted me, you know, there was definitely a yes. You know, it wasn't a situation where I had to think about other things going on or if there was clashes or things like that. So 
um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, that was before Ojibwe last year, which is 12 months ago now, and we've done nine rallies together and won five and had, yeah, really great success. So the big thing with me with Travis was I also have a training company, um, Oz Rally Pro. So we, I was a PE teacher, so I love training people and stuff as well. So I thought this is going to be interesting because Travis Pastrana is a superstar, as we all know. And I'm getting in this car and one of my things that I bring to drivers is my experience and my knowledge. And so I'm getting in this car with Travis and I've got double his experience, but that seems strange because it's Travis, you know what I mean? And so I'm like, okay, you need to do this and this and this. And then I'm like, oh, I hope I don't scare him off because, you know, (laughs) like I'm pushing him, you know what I mean? Um, And he was like, nope, just give like whatever you think. And we win our first race together and, and at the end of it, he was like, re- re-taught me so much. And that made me realize wow. that, hey, he's this sponge, you know. Yeah. And and he never had some – I guess when it's Travis Pastrana, you have to either be brave like me to say you should be doing these things better or you just take a back seat and you just do what he's doing. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? This is what he tells you it is and, and you just go along with it. Whereas m- – in my life, I was always being someone that if I'm going to work with them, I'm going to push them as much as I push myself. So whether they like that or not, we'll soon find out. You know what I mean? And he liked it. Yeah. So it's it's been successful. My brief experiences meeting him over the years, he's always seemed uh, humble. Yeah. For someone who's such a strange, you know, just a, a massive superstar in the, the motorcycle world and the car world, like he, he's always just seemed humble, like down to earth, likes to talk to people. And I'm glad, to, I'm glad to hear that he is that way with you as well. And that seems to work. <laughs> yeah. And that's, so. I mean... Sometimes, you know, coming from a female too, it can be a bit strange too because obviously, like I've mentioned, there's not that many girls at the top in our sport. Um, whereas he was just like, like I said, he was like a sponge and he was just willing to. So I would say, hey, when you do this, you could do it this way. And he'd be like, oh, that's really good. You know, and even watching videos, like I always record the recce, um, which if you don't know what the recce is, it's where we drive the stages, write our pace notes, mm-hmm. getting ready for the race. So I always record that. And Travis never really understood how you would use that recce video. Well, you double speed it. And when you watch it double speed and I call him the notes at double speed, it's like rally speed. Yeah. So all of a sudden he's like, this is brilliant. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Why have I not been doing this? So yeah. like instead of, you know, finishing recce and going have a beer at the at the local bar, you know, he's like, okay, Ree, let's do recce videos. You know what I mean? Nice. And so, so the whole um, focus has completely changed when we're at rallies. It's work, 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 homework, whatever. When the race is done, then you can enjoy, you know, the party or whatever. Very but cool. now it's just uh, lots of homework and I always tease him. I'm like, I'm sorry. And he's like, no, it's great. So it's worked out really well. I don't think he would be where he is if he didn't learn to listen. And yeah. I think he's, you know, yeah. If you could teach him to stop jumping out of airplanes without, without parachutes. I mean, and maybe breaking that would, himself. I know he's going to well, walk in the next 10 years. He has a lovely <laughs> wife that can tell him to do that now. So <laughs> yeah. You have people to live for. Don't die. <laughs> him and I always compare scars because when I break my legs, I obviously have got... So yeah. he, he thinks it's quite funny because people will be laughing because one of my bones, my fibula here, you can still see, it's still broken. Oh, jeez. So I, we, he, he's always like, she's worse than me. That was just like, me cringing for the audience, yeah. by the way, who can't see that. It was on Dan's side, so I yeah. didn't see anything. Yeah. So we're good. He's exactly. like, she's worse than me, so we're, we're a good oh, match. I'm not sure that's a, a, a <laughs> yeah. thing you want to win. Like yeah, That man's true. been broken seven times this Sunday. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. no, it's it's worked out well. Tell me more about uh, your job as a co-driver and how does it work? Because uh, that's definitely a side of rally that I completely don't understand. I mean, I, I listen. I love listening to the notes. and But I'm just like, 
how do you even start? Walk me through the whole process. You mentioned the recce from after like doing the video, but like as a co-driver, you teach um, the what's the name of the school? Oz um, Oz Rally Pro. Oz Rally Pro. Yeah. Uh, how do you how do you teach somebody to do that? Like, where do you start? Yeah, I mean, for don't us, don't eat it, breakfast. Step one, <laughs> definitely ate dry toast. Yeah, dry toast. Dry toast. Dry toast. Step one. Step two. Exactly. Dry toast. Okay, got dry, it. Dry toast is a good idea. Yeah. No milk. No. Oh. <laughs> definitely no milk. I feel yeah. like there's a really good milk story behind that. Milk is not good. <laughs> <laughs> it's in my raccoons. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, no, sir. Um, when we have new co-drivers, the first thing we start with is co-driving is a lot of preparation. So there's a lot of boring stuff, if that makes sense, to go along with the fun stuff. So from the co-driver's perspective, they're the ones who need to know all the rules. We have a time card. We need to check into controls correctly. We need to make sure that we're always following the road book, which gets us to the stages. And when we get to the stages, we have to do, you know, call the pace notes in the stages. So there's so many jobs of a co-driver that people don't even realize that, that, that go above and beyond just calling the notes. Obviously, calling the notes is our main priority because in the stage, like, that's what allows us to go fast. But if I get Travis lost on a transit or if I check in wrong or something, there's penalties and things like that. So as far as that's concerned, there's a, a huge responsibility from my side from not just the pace notes and calling the notes, but all the other things that go along with it. So, you know, many people reach out to us and say, how do I do your job? Well, how do I do your job? First, you come and train with Alex and I and you see, you know, all the steps that it takes to be a co-driver. And it's, you know, learning all the rules, knowing how to, um, you know, read the regulations, interpret them, looking at the itinerary for the event and working out the tactics and strategy of where to push, where not to, you know, looking at tyre strategies, looking at fuel strategies. There's so many things that go along with it. I'd be so lost. I had no idea. I mean, I'm yeah, already on my... I didn't want to simplify your job, but I knew the check-ins, I knew the, I knew the rally notes and things like that, but everything else. So it's just team manager then is what you're saying. I mean, in a way, I mean, yeah. especially like I work with Subaru now, but I still, you know, I'm very, Travis trusts me and I'm very involved in those decisions. Like because of my experience I have, like he'll be like, <laughs> like sometimes he's like Ree's making the decision I'm like brilliant so if the decision's wrong it's okay like we're having we're, beer then steak yeah yeah we're going out on soft or we're going on mediums well Ree will tell you oh, oh thanks mate that's great no pressure there yeah so but obviously the pace notes is what most people know about and like some people get confused the driver definitely is the person who writes the pace notes so first pass recce Travis will drive it at 30 miles per hour um, and he'll tell me what to write down so I've just got my notepad and I'm writing everything down. Are you um, driving that in a rally car or just a regular car? Just a regular car. Okay. So most people might just use a rental car. Sure. You know what I mean? Um, Why not? Put the miles handles, on somebody else's car. Yeah, Nothing exactly. jumps and handles like a rental. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And the maximum speed limit in America, some rallies let us do 35, but it's anywhere from 25 to 35. If we're doing up to five miles per hour over, you start getting fines from the event. Oh, okay. So it's very Dang. restricted. So they do hold you to that. Okay. Very restricted, yeah. Um, and so then on the second pass, I read back to Travis what he wrote and then he makes changes and he makes additions. So first pass is usually he'll tell me the distance between corners, the corner angles, the crest, just your basic lays down. Second pass will be, oh, add a don't cut there or add a stay in there. Oh, this is short. This is long. So I'm writing it down. Oh, no, that's not a four. That's a three. Um, so that's what our second pass looks like. And then third pass is where we're going to have the double speed video 
double speed video. I'm calling it to him. He's checking that everything I'm saying processes it. It all makes sense. And for me, I'm marking up my notes. So I've got a highlighter. All this comes quick. I need to circle this. Um, So it's actually really important for both of us. And that that technology really started being used about 2010-11 in the WRC, but it didn't really filter to national championships to later. But Alex and I with Oz Rally Pro, we trained that from your beginners. Like we're like, even from starting in your first rally, you should be recording recce. So there's a lot of steps. Like Travis and I spend hours on our notes before we actually start the rally. So it's a big process that goes into it. Is is uh, on these? You're, you're doing it three to four times before the rally. Are, is he driving all the times, or are you driving the first time while he's taking notes, kind of thing? No, he always drives. He always drives. Okay. And I take them. I write them down. Okay. And then the second pass, he's driving. I call them back, make any additions. He says. So um, yeah, and then obviously at speed. So it's really important for me that I understand the timing. So just say Travis says 100, mm-hmm. but it's actually a 50 for my timing. I know what 100 metres is, for example, because he measures his distances in metres. For my timing, if I think we've got 100 versus 50, you can really screw up a call because if you think, you know, if you're flying through the forest and and we've got a six, which for – so Travis's system, the fastest we have is a max left or right, so it has no number, it's just flat out. Then we go to a six, six plus, six, six minus, five plus, five, five minus, all the way down to a hairpin right or left. So – but in there, we also have, in the middle, we'll have like a square, which is like a junction where you'd go square, right or left. And then right at the end, you have a one, which a one usually means that like, hey, you're going to come into this corner and you'll have use first gear. But if we say handbrake, like a hairpin right or left, hey, you're going to pull the handbrake on that. So it's very specific how the system works um, and for us. And like the word max in his notes is really important because sometimes a five plus, for example, is max because it's wide, it's open, there's space. Sometimes a five plus is narrow and it's definitely not max. So it's one thing that we really work on because if he hears that word max, he is not lifting. So it's one thing that I think has really helped us as a team is we work on that. Like when we're watching the videos, like, Reed, did I have a max on that one? No, oh, add a max. You know, sometimes we've added maxes when we shouldn't. <laughs> and then, Are you sure? <laughs> you want to try one more time? <laughs> we've come around I'm the corner. He's, it like, down. he's like, is that a max? And I'm like, take the max off <laughs> as we're heading to the trees. <laughs> I'm like, I was thinking, yeah, that, I didn't think it should have been max. But anyway, you know, we, we lived, we, we survived. How long so. do you, is it take, how long do you guys have to, to, to prep a rally, a stage? Like, is it a day? Is it a couple of days? So in the American championship, usually how a rally would look for us, Tuesday we'll fly to the event, Wednesday we'll do testing, Thursday is a day of recce, um, some events is open recce, so at 7am it would open in the morning and you've got say till 7pm at night, so you've got 12 hours, here's your eight stages, go out and recce them and prepare them. For us, we're experienced, so we might get three passes on all the stages, but an inexperienced person might only get two passes. Got it. We just, in that time, so I plan a recce schedule out and I work out all the average speeds for recce. And in that time, we get done as much as we can. So if there's one, if there's a situation where we get to the end of the day and we're like, hey, we've got an hour up our sleeve. I'll, some people would just head back to the hotel. Whereas I'll say to Travis, okay, we've got an hour. Which stage do you feel the least comfortable about? 
and he'll say stage three. So I'll look at the map and I'm like, okay, to get to stage three, we've got to go through here. Or we can get there in time before it closes. Let's quickly get to stage three. Um, so then maybe we get three passes on stage three and we've only done two on the rest. Then as soon as we get back to the hotel, he's going to go get dinner for us. I'm going to straight away be downloading the videos, cleaning my notes, getting them ready. As soon as he gets back for dinner, we're on those videos until whatever time it takes. And in all honesty, at rallies, I get three, four hours sleep every night. It's bare minimum sleep. He gets more because obviously I'm cleaning the notes and everything as well. So I've got more work to do than him. I virtually just need to have everything ready for him. So when he comes to do the work, we're just doing that work. So then he gets as much sleep as he can. Well, there's so, anything to take Everybody away. wants a tired GPS. It's yeah. Fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. With an Aussie accent. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there's anything to take away from this for the audience is there is an insane amount of work that goes into professional racing on every level. But man, rally is, if you've, if for our audience who is not car people, if you have not watched rally at any level, national or WRC, go watch, go jump to YouTube, find it, especially like I, I used, I love still going through those old Duke videos <laughs> and watching like uh, group B and stuff. But any level of rally is insane to watch from an in-car perspective. It'll, it'll just blow your mind. You're like, how are people doing all that at once? <laughs> it's yeah, like, for sure. yeah, I, I, we often have the argument from uh, listeners. Like what's the hardest form of racing? Is it rally or formula one? <laughs> yes. Yes. Is the I'm answer. biased. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, it, Something tells me you'd do one. At, you'd do well at Formula One too. So I hundred percent agree. Absolutely, sure. no problem. Yeah. No come doubt on, in my mind. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> but in all honesty, there's like when we just talked about that, I can't even explain the amount of preparation work leading up to it too. Like before New England Forest Rally, I was at Travis's four or five days at, at his place um, in Maryland, and we worked on the New England Forest Rally, because not only do you get to the event, before the event, I check all the maps from previous years, so I check if he's got notes from previous years, because you keep those notes. Yeah. If he does, I'll get them off his old co-drivers that he worked with, or if I've got them, um, and then I'll get all the onboards that he's got, so I contact our team, I'm like, I need St- Travis's stage seven from 2017, and this and this. If we don't have it, then I try and get his teammates. If the teammates don't have it, I then go onto YouTube, and find someone else's on board. Somebody you know recorded mean? it. Yeah, yeah so sure. someone's got it in there. So you, you're turning up to the event with a lot of preparation already done. So, you know, this at the last uh, rally at Ojibwe, the first stage, we broke the stage record in the rain. How did we do that? We did that because that stage we'd done in 2020 and we had really good notes. We had really good video. And him and I studied and studied that stage because we're like, we must win the first stage. It's a really good mental thing to win the first stage of a rally. I, I and, do like the know, kindergarten, kindergarten version of that. When I plan a, a road rally, I go find whoever's done it on YouTube because I find all these crazy roads yep. and I'm like, I've never driven that road, but I'll find somebody because motorcycle guys I was going to say, best. most of the motorcycle, motorcycle guys, guys yeah. will find all the good yeah. roads. Exactly and the I, same go look thing. At, I look at their YouTube videos and I'm like, oh yeah, we can take that road for sure. Yep. That proved me wrong once in California, but <laughs> <laughs> we ended up on a goat trail that was freshly painted. But it's definitely the same Well, you didn't idea, pay for that. You so. didn't end up with yellow wheel wells like I did so yeah I can stay in the lines shut up (laughs) (laughs) you had a two-door Porsche I had a four-door Maserati bite me (laughs) I did I drove over the lines they were freshly painted and we got there my wheel wells were covered in yellow oh no (laughs) that's my fault but still at least you weren't in the RV in front of us you couldn't turn around oh god yeah I forgot about that yeah different type of rallies (laughs) sounds like it less prepared (laughs) all right yeah so I've been dying to ask, since we've been talking about injuries before, this made me think of it. What is the, have you ever had a moment where, I mean, you've been really scared in the car? 
Maybe not with Travis or anybody, but just in general. Like, has it just been like part of the job? I'm going to crash. Any time I got in the car with Travis, I like, think I'm just crazy. <laughs> I do. I, I must be crazy because. I don't get uh, so usually I don't have it on at the moment. But I usually wear this crazy whoop thing that Travis gave me, and it tracks all my activities and whatever. And so I've been wearing it. And in the rallies, this is the most crazy things. My heart rate and stress level is worse on recce. In the rally, my heart rate doesn't even get over 120. Travis and I have our oh shit moment, you know, and we're sliding towards trees, and my heart rate's like oh 100. It's all good, you know, like yeah. But you've uh, also ran the, ran the stage four or five times. You've uh, looked at it every corner. I mean, this was my adrenaline doesn't spike, in, uh, so I track it everything too and i'm just in general i have it tracked all the time when i'm driving yep. even my hardest my heart rate doesn't go up on my motorcycles it, over the years even on the monkey rally my heart rate was through the roof yeah and i'm right we were we were laughing earlier at dinner as we were talking about the monkey rally and it was ridiculous because they're looking for some too i said come ride ours but <laughs> yeah you got you we got modified monkeys you got to ride his his yeah. is the good they look one. good to me <laughs> oh there's mine's good his is dialed yeah yeah. You can easily double the price of a monkey. I figured it I out. I bet you can. <laughs> Olin's will really help you do that. Yeah. And Yoshimura. As long as it holds its value. <laughs> right. Probably will. <laughs> Looks good in my living room. Looks good in my living room. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I don't, I mean, in all honesty, there was some really fast stages um, at uh, 100 Acre Wood this year and Ojibwe last year. And Travis puts out his hand at the end and he's, he's like, Reese, how, how's your hand? You know what I mean? And I'm holding the book and I hadn't really noticed. And I put up my hand and I'm like, whoa, but I didn't feel scared at any stage, but my body obviously was like, yeah. you know, and when he does that, that's a little bit scary. Because when he's like, look at my, then I'm like, if that scared Travis, it should have really scared me. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, that there's I, I don't ever feel fear in the stage or anything. Like it's more... You know, if there's going to be an accident or something, I'm more annoyed. Like, you know what I yeah, mean? Oh, no, all this hard work and we're about to crash. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, so when we crashed at New England, it was like, I'm like, oh, no, oh, no. And then we land on our roof. And I'm like, bummer. And like everyone <laughs> gave, like, this was laughing. She writes, bummer? I remember like, that. I remember yeah, that clearly. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, man, it. Be, I, I was trying to explain to people and fans that, for me, it was more like we're four miles from the end of the stage. We have a nine-second lead, and I was just really bummed. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and and so and he, so was he. We both were just like, man, this was just a silly mistake, you know. And and we'd done so well in the championship all year, and like as in nine rallies, that's our first crash. So we were just annoyed. It's going to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's part of our sport. Um. So and some people are like, oh, you would be so. I'm like, I'm not annoyed at all. We've done. You know, we've won five out of nine events together. Like, it, to me, it, it's awesome. We're a great team. But, you know, it was more me being like, bummer. Oh, what a shame. You know what I mean? So, it's, yeah. I love I, watching you win. I guess <laughs> I've been following you guys for a long time. And it's like, yes. Yeah. I like watching you when you don't win. I don't care if you win. I'm different than him. <laughs> did you see I did a shooey? No. Yeah, I did a shooey. Did you know that? I did not know yep. that. Travis made me. <laughs> So well, I, scotted. No, I think, wait a second. No, I thought that was on your Instagram, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah okay, fun, I did see that. So yeah. I don't drink. So it was quite an experience because he puts beer in it and he tells me I have to do it. And I'm like, no, I am not doing it. No, I'm not doing it. And I'm like, not down there, not doing it. And then he sort of like, he's getting the crowd going. I'm like, it looks like I'm doing it. Yeah. So, and so then. Apparently so, I'm not in choice of my justice. Yeah. And then yeah. I'm like, but I don't drink alcohol. So then he's saying, has anyone got soda? And no one did. And the lady goes, I've got water. Do you know how disgusting? Oh. Yes. <laughs> Water. Should have taken the beer. Water. I, <laughs> the, I, the I was like, maybe I should have taken up drinking. Yeah. yeah. Because oh, it was not. So good. don't you have energy? You should have just filled Red Bull. <laughs> Something. You yeah. know what I mean? And the lady's like, I've got water, and I'm thinking, oh. water. 
Anyway, I did Vodka? it. Like, Vodka? Yeah. <laughs> Something that will kill, I don't know, the germs? Yeah, Travis is like, don't you realize that what you just did is far more dangerous than what I did? Because he's like, You're, you put water, it killed no germs. Yeah. <laughs> Thank so, you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I love that the two of you were concerned about the germs suddenly, of all things. <laughs> <laughs> That's my first and last shoey. That's for sure. You've done it. You've been there. Yep. Move on. Exactly. Move on. I, I'm yeah. moved on. Exactly. Exactly. You know, speaking of moving... Um, what brought you and Alex to Boise of all places? It's, it's in, Nick and I have talked about this extensively. We love Boise. It's one of our favorite destinations to go to. We always say Idaho is like the best kept secret in the U.S. because it's an awesome place. And nobody well, we goes. just go to McCall for the car wash. More than they anything. do have the best car wash you could literally in the United States. Drill in McCall. a hole in the side of your car, but yeah. yeah. So yeah. They're, they're, I'll have we, to try it. Out. We joke because the car wash in McCall is like, oh, it doesn't seem that good. I'm like, just squeeze the handle like a hair farther, and it'll like push you back. It's so strong. <laughs> we'll definitely have to try it. We go to McCall quite a lot. Absolutely. So Across the street from the what? The Best Western or whatever. Where the, we? Holiday we're, the Holiday Inn Express. Holiday Inn Express. Next to that family grocery store, you can buy guns at. <laughs> yes. It yeah, is. you I know, know the one. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I know. No, um, so when we first started dating, Alex lived in America because he was full-time for Ken. He was Ken's general manager and his co-driver, so, and his spotter in Rallycross and all those sort of things. He's not busy. So, yeah, very busy. <laughs> um, and I was traveling from Australia to do the world championship. Mm-hmm. So in reality, like my job was a professional co-driver, but I could live anywhere. Um, whereas Alex needed to be in America. So we lived in Park City, Utah, because that's where Ken's yeah. set up. Another um, great city. And then uh, towards the, it was, yeah, the end of 2013, start of 2014, Ken said to Alex, it looks like we don't have much rallying over the next couple of years. Uh, my sponsors want me to focus on other things, you know what I mean? And for Alex, rally is everything. It's his passion like me. And so he said to me, you know, I, I don't know if I want to keep doing that job full time if I don't get to rally. Um, so he spoke to Ken and, and he decided that he'd be, become a contract co-driver like me. Um, and so at that point in time, we decided to leave Park City um, and we'd been to Idaho a lot and we loved it. Um, and so we decided to start looking at options in Idaho um, and we found a, a cool place at that point. It was a new development sort of out in the mountains. Um, and yeah, we moved there in 2014 and then in 2017, we actually bought a house on 40 acres out in the mountains. So oh. we really love Idaho and, and um, I don't see us leaving there too quickly. And it's a great base for us because, you know, it doesn't really matter where we race in the world. We can, you know, just – their Boise Airport's about a 45-minute drive. So it yeah, was and a five-minute wait because yeah. that's like the best airport ever. Correct. There's nobody in it. <laughs> and it was, go all the time. Yeah, exactly. Because it was so close to Utah, we'd been there a lot, you know yeah. what I mean? So – for us, it was we like being on this side of the country because I can get back to my family in Australia really easy. Um, you know, just get down to LA and over to Melbourne and I'm back home sort of thing. So we def- there was no question of w- what side of America we'd live on. It was more about what state. And in all honesty, Idaho was a high priority for us. Yeah, I don't disagree. No, yeah. I find myself probably having another house there at some point. Yeah, that's uh, just like I said, I probably go there. Man, like five, six times a year. Yeah. It's uh, one of the best drives. They got a lot of acreage. We can go visit them. It's right? Fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to track. <laughs> I have a drive on Dan's drive. It's called uh, TED, the Endurance Drive, which a couple of the people here have been on. And it's uh, it goes through that section. Like I was, I was telling you guys at dinner through uh, McCall and um, what's the, the mining town? The dam- uh, if you don't know the answer, none of us do. 
Anyway, you guys yeah. can look at advanced yeah. drives and then look at multi-day and look at Ted. But uh, like some of the best driving roads are right out your back door. And yeah. you've got uh, the, the Idaho Backcountry Discovery Route, which is on our monkey rally list, and which is the one I, th- I think I was going to talk to Nick about. I haven't talked to him yet because we, we're going to do another one yes. next year. Oh, yes. I think I have mentioned it to you. You have mentioned it to Yeah, me. I think I want to do Idaho next year. You the longest. I mean, you do realize that the Idaho one goes into Montana. It does. Okay. It's the longest backcountry discovery route. It's the longest section of off-roading you can do in the country. Uh, is from the Canadian border, Idaho, all the way down into Montana. It cuts through, and then it goes all the way down to, I think, Wyoming or Nevada. I don't know. Anyway, it's out there. But if you guys... You have nine months to get a monkey. Yes. And you can come do it with us. Can I follow you in the (laughs) Can-Am? Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. I've got a four-wheeler, or I've got a Can-Am. Exactly. We got rid of the dirt bike. We were a little bit unsafe. She's going to get a Jeep and follow us next year, too. I was talking to Randy Popes uh, via Tina. Hi, Tina. um, And uh, he definitely wants to do it next year. So he's he's like, I missed it this year. He's like, give me the dates. He's begging us for the dates now. Because it was, like I said, it's the most fun we've ever had on motorcycles. We encourage (laughs) everyone... You will think it's a terrible idea, which hence the shirt I have on. This it is, is. You guys are idiots. It is. It was the most fun we've ever had on motorcycles. You got to come do it. Like I do said. we camp in tents? No. Oh, no. good. Because no. I was going to say, I'm no. not, I got, no. got raised having to do that and it put me off it. No. <laughs> no. If, I mean, I had, if, if you want to sleep in a tent in no, the parking lot. Okay. I was going to say. Okay. If I had like a full size BMW GS yeah. or something where I had like a really comfy ride. But yeah. no, this is, you're that just laughing your ass off for 200 miles a day. Good. You really are. You yeah. like at the end of the time, but by the end of the day, when we did ours, we were just, we weren't tired. We weren't exactly, we weren't beat up. We were laughing, but yeah. I was so glad to take three showers and get all the dirt That's what I'm us. thinking. I, I really want to shower at night. Oh, yeah, we, 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 yeah, yeah. We're idiots. We're not that big. Yeah. So, yeah. We apologize to the Lakeside Lodge in Chelan for your shower curtains, which are not odd. I did apologize to housekeeping. I was like, I'm going to need more towels. <laughs> exactly. That was what I was thinking too. Oh, yeah. Uh, outside of the world of rally, I want to ask you, what else are you guys into? You're into power sports of all kinds. I know you're talking about motorcycles, side-by-sides, mountain biking, which you've given up because pain. <laughs> <laughs> Most of us have. Most of us have. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, what else are the hobby? What else is on the hobby list? In all honesty, for us, it's all about motorsports. We, you know, Nothing we, wrong with that. We like dirt bikes. We like our Can-Am. We like mountain biking. I like running. You know, um, we, we, we're both right into anything that gives us a thrill. I know that sounds really bad, but um, yeah. Not really. Not considering how well it's worked out for you. I'd say that's probably right on par. We don't do too many boring things in our life, let's just say. So um, yeah, and like I mentioned, I, I, I was a teacher and that's why we started our training business. So I really enjoy that as well because I love giving back to our sport um, and develop, you know, we've trained nearly 300 people now. So that's a really big priority in my life is, you know, I got so much out of this sport. Now I want to give back to people in the sport as well. So training people, whether they've done 100 rallies or whether they've done no rallies, um, that's important for Alex and I because people see us, you know, in what we do and everything. And then to be able to learn from us and our experiences from day one and hopefully not make the mistakes that a lot of new co-drivers make or things like that because they trained with us is really important to us. So but yeah, otherwise, it's pretty a uh, flat-out lifestyle for us. <laughs> it works. I mean, I, that just sounds horrible. I mean, <laughs> we are due for our next break, uh, but after we come back, I want to talk to you more about Oz Rally Pro, uh, your relationship with Dirtfish. We have our good friend Josie in the audience who's tired and overworked Acquaintance. and still here. <laughs> so we'll be right back after our, or this break from our friends at Haggerty. Grandpa, what do you call this thing again? It's a 66 Ford Bronco. I think you got ripped off. Why is that, honey? It's got no Wi-Fi, no USB port, no Bluetooth. Exactly. I guess we'll just have to talk. Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. 
Is that the window button? It's called a window crank. Cool. The faster I move it, the faster it goes down. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty. Being old is kind of cool, Grandpa. Works for me. For people who love cars. And we're back. Okay, so a question that kind of came up to me as you were talking about doing recce and, and, and looking at photos from multiple years is the fact that, I mean, I grew up on the east side of Washington and in Idaho, and we would go run the same roads all the time in our Subarus and stuff like that, thinking we were rally drivers. We were not. <laughs> <laughs> but ruts would be, but, but we weren't the only ones running them and things like that, and there would be ruts and the weather would change things and things like that. How does that affect, like you can look at a video from 2017, but in 2018, that road could be totally different. The county could have gone back and re, re, redone it or things like that. Does, it, does that account, is that kind of what, you, you said you went back and set a, a stage rally time this time. I mean, is, was the road better than the last time you were on it kind of things? Yeah, that's a really good question because like when we go back, say it's 2021 now and I'm going back and saying, hey, this stage, Travis, you've got notes from 2017. We're talking about, you know, a lot of weather damage and, and whether they've graded it and all those sort of things. So it definitely does influence your notes. Like um, 100 Acre Wood, for example, when we did it, there was a lot of snow melt. So then there was a lot of ruts and things like that. So your notes, obviously, our numbers should stay the same because the number is obviously the degree or the angle of the corner. That shouldn't change. Um, but definitely things like, you know, the ruts and things like that. There might be a big rock that wasn't there. There could be a stump because they've cut down a tree that's right on the corner or something like that. So our notes, because we might go there with 2017 notes, but then we're going to do two, three passes on recce. We're then going to change them. So hopefully our numbers and our distances should change the same. It's just more accessory notes might change to, to suit what's going to happen. This is rutted, you know, and, and this is a don't cart and this is whatever. So it's definitely something that does change to year to year it's not like i just get my 2020 notes for that stage and take them to 2021 and don't don't change anything <laughs> just cross a out the changed. zero put in a one we're good yeah exactly <laughs> that'd be nice because that would be a lot but yeah definitely a lot changes sometimes i'll even a road might be really narrow one year the next year they grade it differently and all of a sudden you know or they might grade it and all of a sudden there's a jump you know what i mean and and you're sort of going like, god they're, hoping they're, yeah there's like, it's like there's never been a jump here but yeah. Just the way they graded it that year, there's this little yump, and if you hit it 120, it's a jump. You know what I mean? So I've run into that before. <laughs> Just yeah. so we're clear, at slower speeds, it's a yump. But if you hit it at 120, it's a the jump. jump. <laughs> at 120, you get the J. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Okay. I'm going to make sure the Y doesn't look like Absolutely. a J. <laughs> we had I a, love it. A good question from the Drivers Club audience. Um, how does weather like when you get like perfectly dry course one day and you're making, you're doing your recce, the next day you're like, oh, it's a downpour. Yeah. Like that's got to change everything. How yeah. do you guys compensate for something that's like that? That's really tough. Like, so if we have a re wet recce and then a dry rally, you'll come in, you've put slippy everywhere and caution and muddy and then you come to the corner and so you're slowing down for this slippy section and it's dry. Like so, you know, you <laughs> dust, exactly. Yeah. Um, so that's obviously not as bad as a situation where it's a dry recce, wet rally. Because dry recce means we haven't put any slippies in. We haven't seen any of that. And then all of a sudden in the rally, you come into a corner and you're not expecting it. And the, the whole um, corner could be really slippy mess, especially if you're first on the road. So at um, Ojibwe, um, the rally was wet and Travis and I chose to be third on the road. Um, and people were like, why wouldn't you pick first? Because like... In the wet, usually you want to be first because of the fact that you don't want to be in the slippy, crappy stuff of the other cars. But Travis is like, 
we didn't recce all of these stages in the wet. Some of them we did, some we didn't. So he's like, we may not have all the slippies we need. He's like, I'd prefer to be third on the road because then you can follow people's lines, their breaking marks versus coming in. We don't have a slippy on a corner that needs there and then you're off into the woods. So um, definitely the the um, dry, recce, wet rally is the toughest situation to deal with. Yeah. I think one of the things that as a kid I used to, when I when you could find Rally to Watch, before YouTube and, you know, it took forever to find a channel that would have it, and we would watch the old school, like especially the Subaru Rally team, and you'd see them going in the snow, <laughs> and they had the most narrow little tires, and I never, I was like, I get it now, but I was like, I don't get that. Like, don't you want a bigger tire pattern and things like that? But it's incredible what the tires will can do. And you were talking about how he kind of comes to you and says, how you help him choose tires and things like that? How do you go about that? I mean, is it, you know, I, I mean, those of us that love F1, I sit there and I go, oh, it's wet. I know they're going to be using a wet tire. It's dry. They'll be using a soft, comp, you know, things like that. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, honestly, being raised in a motorsport family like I was, I learned a lot of things off my dad and brothers. So it helped me because co-drivers don't usually give that much input into these decisions. Um, it's a driver's decision. But because of the experience I've had, my brother Brennan in particular is very good mechanically. So he taught me a lot of things and taught me a lot of things about tyre pressures and things like that. So when I got in with Travis, and Travis will be the first to admit it, he's not mechanical at all. Um, so <laughs> I'm the one who has to know the things about the car, which he, he admits that he doesn't have a problem admitting that. Know your strengths. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So I'm the one who has to do the lessons on learning the car and fixing the car and all those sort of things. So things like at Ojibwe, it's this really sandy surface. And so I just felt from my gut and what I've known throughout the years, sandy and wet, that we needed to put a cut in the tyre, for example. And it wasn't a cut every every um, you know part of the tyre you can. We put a cut every second cut. Um, and the whole idea was, you know, we we're using a tyre that was a soft to medium tyre, put a cut every second cut, disperse the water better because you've got more cuts in it, um, and give us some more grip because of the sandy surface. And just, you are actually cutting the tires? So they have, yeah, like the team has like a, a tire. So it's cutter. a hot knife kind of thing. Yeah, right? yeah. And, and so they... I just wanted to clarify for those that didn't quite understand. Yeah, yeah. sorry. So they cut out some of the rubber. Yeah. Um, so we're actually giving us less rubber, but the reason for that is to disperse the water. Right. Um, yeah. So it was one of those situations where um, do we go on the softest tire, which is what actually Ken and Alex did, they went on the softest tyre and didn't put a cut. Travis and I went on a soft to medium tyre, put a cut, um, and we were lucky. Our decision paid off, and, and we ended up leading the first day by over a minute. So it, it can pay off or it might. And like maybe we made the wrong decision. By putting the cut, what it meant was the day was still quite hot, even though it was wet. So it meant the tyre moved around a little bit more. So we ended up getting... Their soft was like a brand new tyre. They didn't get any movement. It was like they could have ran it for the rest of the rally. Our soft medium actually worked more because we had that cut and the rubber was moving around more. So we looked at our tyres and our tyres looked more worn than theirs, which seems crazy, but because we put that cut in it, it made them work. Sure. Yeah. So sometimes it can be a matter of you need to be, you know, use some tactics and some strategies as far as what you know with your knowledge. And, and look, I was out on those stages. I could see the surface we were dealing with. It's not going to be a surface that we're going to have a lot of tire wear. So, you know, it's years of experience helps with that sort of thing. So, yeah. What a cool thing to be an expert in, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, 
I can't even imagine. Sorry, it sounded really geeky. No, it's no, not. It's awesome. No, no, we're no. <laughs> But you're talking about guys like yeah, I, I, I bought. That was the voice of admiration. Yeah, that exactly. I was yeah. like, man, I wish I could look at road surfaces like that and be like, yeah, we need this tire and this cut. That's so cool. <laughs> you imagine how faster we'd be. I mean, the monkeys could probably <laughs> we get to fifty five. Downhill. The sad part is, so many students come to us and they're all excited because their tires have last all year, and I'm like. That's not a good thing. That's not good. That's, <laughs> That's not, not a good, good thing. Like, I'm like, so that means your tires aren't working. Yeah. So you come into a corner and you've got no grip or you're finding that, oh, yeah, you're just sliding. I'm like, uh, what compound are you using? Oh, medium, hard. It's good, but it lasts all year. And I'm like, okay, well. Cost-effective-wise, yeah, yes. Yeah. For your budget, yeah. it's great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for your times, it's not so good. You know what I mean? I'm like, in America, you want to be on the soft and medium all the time. You do not want a hard because for some reason, our stages here, they're just not abrasive. You know what I mean? Huh. So they just don't b- burn through the tires. I got the best unmatched set from the junkyard. I don't know. I mean, they've been lasting forever. <laughs> one's a winter tire, one's a summer tire. No. We were just yeah. having that conversation with a previous guest of ours, Michelle. She's just getting into track and racing, and she did her first race the other day, and she was saying on... She she has a, 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 a Mini Cooper GP, and she was at the track. She burned through a set of Michelins, like, pretty hot. But she's been on great lap times. And, and at first, she was it, it, disappointed. She's like, oh, this is going to get really expensive really fast. I'm like, the cost of getting fast is going through your tires. That means you were doing it. You were using them. And yep. so it was really cool to see, like, that revelation come across. Like, oh, haha, that aha moment. Like, yeah, using my tires is a good thing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's really cool. And that's something that... Good for times, bad for the wallet. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Newer teams are, you know, just getting into the sport. But when you're trying to explain to them that you need grip, you know what I mean? You need your tires to be wearing because then they're working. So Heat them up. Yeah, heat them up. Heat them up, use them up. I like seeing the the side sight mirror, the the sides curling from the heat on the track. That's always a good sign. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Makes me feel like I did something. You're doing it right. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, we had another question from the audience. What are some of the funniest stories you have from rallying? Because I know there's a lot of laugh moments in there too. I mean, for me, when I, my brother and I, we still laugh about it today. So we're racing in Sardinia in Italy, in Italy in the Junior World Championship and our car breaks down when we're meant to start the stage. So we're 180 kilometers from the service park and we contact our team, which was M Sport, um, and we said, you know, we've broken down and they said, no problem, we're going we're gonna to get a tow truck to you. So this tow truck arrives to us and they're both Italian, they speak no English. My brother and I are both Australian and we only speak Aussie. <laughs> so um, Not English, so, Aussie. Yeah, Aussie, exactly. <laughs> that on there. <laughs> so they, they load our rally car onto the back of the tow truck <laughs> and we realise there's two of them, there's three seats in the front of the tow truck and there's two of us and we're 180 kilometers away. So we're both like, we ring the team and we're like, so how do you want us to get back? And they're like, oh, is there not room in the tow truck? And I'm like, there's two guys and there's two of us. And they're like, oh, I'm sure they'll let you, you know, sit in the front. Okay, no problem. So we're trying to explain to them in English and they're Italian that we need to go in the truck with them. No, 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 rally car. And we're like, <laughs> What? <laughs> They made us go in the rally car on the back of the tow truck for 180 kilometers. <laughs> we both ended up putting our race belts on and helmet because our poor little car on the back of this tow truck just kept moving like this because they Worse hadn't. Worse than the rally. We thought we were going to have a crash off the truck. 
<laughs> so like, and this is a brother and sister. Well, all of a sudden we've got still whatever to go. And my brother's like, I really need to go to the toilet. And I'm like, you are holding on because- <laughs> That's not like, happening. That is not happening. <laughs> and I still remember we got a video and I mean, technology wasn't as good as it is now. But my brother's like, like trying to talk and explain because we're telling my dad in Australia and my, on the phone and dad's like, what are you two doing? Excuse me, like <laughs> we're I'm driving like, on the back of the toy truck, and my brother's peeing. Yeah. What's, what's hard to understand here? <laughs> and so we turned on an app on our phone, and it tells us the tow truck driver's doing 140 kilometers per hour. We're in the back. We're got, it was just insane. We get back, we pull into service park, and the M Sport guys are like, "What are you two doing?" Like they're like, and we're like, "You tell us," because no one come to get us. The guys speak Italian. They could. They're like, "Why would you go in there?" And we're like. It's well, got a cage. I mean, we were going to be left there, like, so. But anyway, and then other funny things is just working with Travis. Like, it's forever, like, laughs because, you know, you go over a jump and he's like, woo, and he's fist pumping. And I'm like, what, did I do something Keep wrong? Keep your like, fa- hands on yeah, the wheel, yeah, please. Oh, like, yeah. We land the other day off this huge jump and he called it Max Fun Jump. And there's a video online. And as we're landing over the Max Fun Jump, he's only holding with one hand. He's yes. fist pumping. I call the next corner twice because I'm like, is he even concentrating? Like he's fist pumping, landing with one hand and we've got to make the next corner. Um, and so like, and there's so many times where he'll like do a giggle and I'm like, why did he giggle? Like, is it really? <laughs> so like, he's just one of those guys that thumbs up here, wave here, you know, as you're doing a really important corner. So just working with him in general is funny for me because there's so much going on. Yeah. If you ever wonder why he's a superstar, it's because he's the the guy you see on TV is the guy you meet and he's just having the time of his life and you love it for him. You love that you guys are having a good time out there. Every time I see you guys race or watch your videos on Instagram or something, I like to think you're just having a great time and I'm so glad to know you really are. Yeah, honestly, we are. (laughs) I mean, maybe some people think it looks like we're not taking it serious, but we 100% are. It's just our personalities are, you know, happy-go-lucky and, you know, (laughs) we laugh when maybe we shouldn't, but it doesn't mean we're not 100% giving our all. Dear Subaru, we are having fun and we're we're trying to win. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of laughing, I'm still laughing that Alex is still walking around the showroom at Drivers Club just looking at cars. The guy (laughs) who has access to Ken Block's garage is walking around Drivers Club drooling over cars, which I get. I've been here a lot. I still do the same thing too, but it just makes me laugh. That's a compliment. It is, it? Yeah. 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 You got to think about something, Dan. We have a previous guest who sold a car that's in Ken Block's garage. That's true. That's small world. Yeah. Do you want to tell everybody on the, on the, on the episode why uh, episode 199 is, is so... For the non-car <laughs> people or the non-motorsports people, I should guess, listen to our show, uh, Pastrana's number is 199. Always has been. Always has been. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I've known that number since I have known motorcycles. Uh, ever since, I mean, because he was a star when he was a little kid too. And so I've grown up with that number and it, it, it was completely by coincidence. There was zero, this just happened to work out. You could be on the show and it's episode 199. <laughs> so somebody asked me, I was like, hey, you never explained that. I'm like, oh yeah, not everybody knows. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. yeah. So, Clever you brought that up. <laughs> well, I figured yeah. he'd do a better job of it. He has a lot more history with motorcycles than I so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that worked out pretty well. Uh, you know, we do have. Uh, you won't be here. You're flying out Thursday. You got You're coming back though. Um, I want to talk more about Oz, Oz Rally Pro. But if for those of us who are listening, uh, who are listening and are around the 12th, this is going to publish the 10th. The 12th is Dirtfish Summerfest. You got to be there. We'll be there. We have stuff to uh, give away. There's a raffle we're giving out. We have awesome prizes from griots as you if you've been to any events with us we don't half-ass our giveaways we don't give you like some t-shirt and be like yay thanks for supporting us no you get cool stuff you actually want 
Including our shirt. <laughs> the, shirt. the shirts will be there. We'll have a lots of fun stuff. The monkeys are going to be there. Everybody wants to see them, so we're going to bring them out. We are Rain City Supercar, so we will have a supercar there. Yeah. Not, I'm not sure what it will be yet. It depends on the weather, but yeah. Yeah, it depends <laughs> so, on the weather. Yeah, yeah so, But yeah. we will have a awesome cars there, so I hope you guys can make it out and come say hi to us. Uh, we will have a giant 10 by 20 red tent. We're hard to miss. We'll have people showing, stopping by all day. You can talk to Josie from Dirtfish. Because she'll be stuck working all day, whether she likes to or not. <laughs> um, tell me more about Oz Rally Pro. Um, the program, you guys, that you're not, are you exclusive with Dirtfish on that? Or you just, no. Okay, you're working out of Dirtfish. Where, where did right the now? Oz part come from? <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to work out how do you put Oz Italian Pro Rally, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. It looks like it's just Oz Rally Pro. Sorry, honey. Um, yeah, I... You know, Americans are, love Australia. We're, we're you get good a better at marketing move. You're, you're talking to two guys who came up with a rally that goes from Seattle to Monterey and called it Seamont. So, exactly. I mean, yeah. That's so, a yeah. lot of thought. Don't there. worry. Yeah. <laughs> no, like because as I mentioned, I was a PE teacher, and my passion is also teaching. So when I decided, I decided to take up co-driving full time in 2010. So I quit my teaching job, um, become a professional co-driver back at that point in time and in Australia my brother and I because we had the 1.8 kilometer track and whatever Mm -hmm. people would come and train with us and whatever Um, and so then when I moved to America I could see there was a gap in the sport here there was you know when you're looking at WRC or other national championships I competed in I felt like the sport still needed that lift you know what I mean so I said to Alex hey you know can we start a training company I'm missing teaching I'm missing training people um, and him not being a teacher, that was something new for him. So um, we come up with Oz Rally Pro. We trained our first ever student in December 2013 in Park City where we were living. Um, and so that progressed until 2020. We trained people Australia, New Zealand, America. Some people come over from Barbados. We've done some online training with people in Europe. Um, and so Dirtfish had always wanted to work out a way how we link the two um, because obviously – Dirtfish is training so many people there, but how do you link up with two professionals that can also um, aid with, you know, training people and stuff? So last year um, we started talking about ways. So our training is one-on-one. It's not group. So, you know, you and your co-driver would come or just a driver comes and does pace note training or just the co-driver comes. So it's never more than just, you know, two people and us. Um, And so for us trying to think of a, a model that would work with, a group of like 12 students um, we had to you know think outside the box a little bit um, and try and work that out so now we um, have done three um, co-driver development programs at Dirtfish which can have up to 12 students in it um, and like Alex takes them out and does the recce practice when I'm in with the people that are doing the classroom and and we change over those people get to go in rally cars and call pace notes so that program has been fantastic and we've got 50% of those people are now rallying. So it's working really well. Some of them oh, have, yeah. have already been rallying um, and they're just coming to learn more. Um, and some of them are, are brand new people and 50% of those brand new people are actually doing rallies. So that's a huge success from Dirtfish's perspective because, you know, to get 50% of that class to actually compete is huge. So, and now we're um, teamed up with Dirtfish even more. So our usual training that we run out of our place in Idaho on the roads around Idaho, we actually now, when we're here, um, we'll train teams here. So the classroom will be based in Dirtfish. So like the last two days we've just trained um, 
a, a team that, you know, driver and co-driver, um, and she was learning about the co-driving, him learning about the pace notes, and we based it out of Dirtfish classroom, and then we used roads around sort of the Dirtfish area for their pace note training. So that they, those type of classes, they're not getting in rally cars. It's more about learning the pace notes, the co-driver learning those the, their roles and things like that. So um, it's been great teaming up with Dirtfish because – they're doing great things for the rally at the moment with all their social media and things like that. Um, and obviously their facility is, is incredible. So, yeah. you know, so many rally drivers do go there and use it for one-on-one personal training and things like that. So for Alex and I, it was a great opportunity to team up with this, um, you know, excellent facility uh, that Dirtfish is um, and develop our training even more. Awesome. Yeah. Well, like I said, Dirtfish isn't the sponsor of the show, but I'm a huge fan. Like I've told everybody, it's the most fun I've ever had in a car yeah. is doing a day at Dirtfish. And I've got my girlfriend signed up for a class in November. Like it's going to be awesome for her because she's a motorsport enthusiast too. And if you're doing your pace notes and you want to come by, I'll uh, serve you lemonade as you swing by my house. Cause Sounds I'm just good. At one point, <laughs> one point two miles from the door. So <laughs> Walk to Dan's house. Yeah. 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 i ride the monkey over. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if there is any listeners that are interested in like signing up for our class, like osrallypro at gmail.com is our email and if they email us then we can just tell them how how our program works and you know what i mean some people don't even ever rally they just want to know what pace notes are and they want to learn about it they'll come to us and we're like oh so what's your first rally oh no, I, well, I really like watching My husband and I are driving and across the country. Yeah, I want to I, be yeah. able to yell at him. <laughs> yeah. They're just like, we just want to learn more about rally. So, sure. you know, at the end of the day, that doesn't bother us. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Well, check out our webpage. I will post the links to your school, to you, everything you'd ever want to know, your Instagram, all your social, everything. And, and anybody, even if you don't, you got to follow. It's entertaining. I guarantee you will enjoy following the social media. I love what you guys post. It's always just fun to watch. And killer rally footage, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's some of that, too. Some of that, too. Just some of that. Yeah. Uh, when is the next time you're in town? We need to plan an event with you guys. Are you guys doing any uh, public events where our, our people can come see you or is it, uh, they just got to go learn about rally notes? We can <laughs> no. do that too. We're, we're really shy. <laughs> no. Yeah, right. I can tell. <laughs> uh, no, we're back in. So we've got two more days t- team training the next two days and then we're back in town next week to train some people again. But we're here on and off, so yeah, we'll definitely have to tee up a time with you guys, and you guys will have to get Alex on the show as well. Yes. He, yes. he definitely is more shy than me. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll get him out of his shell. We might we'll have, have to record fun. it in the garage, but uh, yeah. Yeah, you might have to follow <laughs> yeah, exactly, him around the garage. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure that would work. It would, yeah. <laughs> I will, uh, I'll work with uh, David and Casey at Drivers Club. We'll set up some kind of meet, and we'll all go out and have a good time, and then we'll do like a recording at Mount Sai or something fun and, and like just get everybody having a good time. Exactly. But I think that wouldn't be too hard to do out here, so. Taking Ozzy to a bar. What, what could go wrong? <laughs> one that well, doesn't, doesn't drink. drink. I know. What could still go wrong? She's like the only no, one. Exactly. That's why she left. They kicked her out. That's what. <laughs> Our car's called Skippy, and Travis will always say, come on, Skippy, and he'll get this <laughs> steering wheel, and everyone thinks he's referring to me. And he called it Skippy because he has an Aussie, and so so many people on social media, I can't believe he calls you Skippy. Skippy. I'm like, no, that's our car. And they get so confused. Cause, you should hear the things he calls yeah, me. Yeah, because <laughs> it does seem like he's saying to me, because we'll, it'll be 10 seconds, I'll say, and then he'll just say, come on, Skippy. And it really does sound like he's referring to me, but he's referring to our car. So that, that's his running joke that our car's called Skippy. So I love like that it. your car's called Skippy. Yeah. 
Even better. Even better. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming in and taking the time to do this. It really means a lot. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. So, um, And like I said, we will we will definitely be having some fun in the future. We'll get you a monkey and we'll get you to have some <laughs> Sounds fun. Sounds good. I'm going to say, I'll come busy. Anytime yeah. you guys are in town, let us know. I will gladly hand you the keys. You guys can run around with ours. We don't mind at yeah. all. So, <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Anytime. For, for this episode of Rain City Supercars, I'm Nick. I'm Dan. And don't just get there. Enjoy the drive. We spend an average of 8 hours and 41 minutes a day facing screens. Laptops, smartphones, tablets, even digital refrigerators. But what are we really connected to? Isn't it time you connected to something greater? Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty. For people who love cars.